Welcome to the Magic on the Inside podcast by the Sisters Enchanted, where we chat magic, hot topics, personal development, and good old-fashioned life. Brew up something delicious and sit with us for a spell. Welcome to this episode of the Magic on the Inside podcast. I'm Sarah, the founder and head magic maker of the Sisters Enchanted. And on today's episode, I am chatting with my sister, Anna, and my right-hand person here at the Sisters Enchanted, all about money. More specifically, we are talking about journaling and affirmations to bring some cash your way. Money is a dicey topic, and a lot of people don't like to talk about it, but we are excited to dive in, and we hope that you enjoy. Hello, sister. Hello. Hello. (laughs) Anna's feeling overwhelmed, overwhelmed, overwhelmed on this day with all that comes with having a (laughs) two-month-old. This is like everything, like breathing is overwhelming. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this morning has not gone as planned. Actually, the entirety of this week has yet to have gone as planned. I even got up early this morning and got at my computer at 7 a.m. to start working. And it's just fallen apart since then. I was texting Anna. Every now and then it's fall apart. I was texting Anna to get together for this. And uh, I was like, well, do you want to meet at the office or should I come to your house? Like, what's going to work best for you? And she just wrote me back all these capital letters like, ah, I haven't showered. <laughs> I still haven't showered. I have breast milk on my shirt. I haven't showered. I haven't washed my hair in four days. Four. That's normal for you. It's in the same ponytail it's been in. I have done laundry, but it's still in its laundry baskets. It's just not folded clean you got this so much so much is happening I have faith in you oh good all right well today we're talking about journaling and affirmations for dollar bills benjamins dollar dollar bills dollar dollar bills cash money (laughs) coins make money make money 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 money. (laughs) (laughs) um okay I feel passionately about this topic because I think that women in particular have uh, not had the opportunities to really rise into their financial selves. And I think that people who are more spiritually inclined, I think that money is a tough topic for them in general because uh, we are so sensitive to the plight of others and to what's going on in the world around us and asking for more money, like a raise at work or asking somebody to respect our boundaries. We have more time or, um, you know, asking for that, for the discount or asking for money you're owed or starting a job, your own business and asking people to pay you. I think that a lot of people shy away from it. It's like accurate. That's all I got to say about that. Well, I think it's hard too, because especially in like a space that we're in, 
where we offer online, you know, things that we do do lots of things that are free, but then how often we are emailed and asking for courses that aren't free for free or how, why we charge for things. So there's also that, like being afraid to ask for money and stuff too, but then there's mm -hmm. the other end of that too, when, when your money shamed. Yeah. Well, that's true. And then people, and then when the people do ask for it and they're asking for it in a way that's not humble or. Yeah. So that happens to us here, but that also happens in real life. Like I have definitely had family members in the past who have questioned my, why I've done something, either why I bought a new car or how much money I spent on my wedding dress, which actually wasn't that much money, but to that person, it felt like a lot or. I mean, who asked you about your wedding dress? Well, I don't want to publicly shame our family members. So I will tell you not on the podcast. <laughs> I was like, that was so long ago. <laughs> yeah. Well, during, but I did, that was a question was like, um, oh my gosh, I would never, or why would you do that or something? And I, uh, yeah, in college, I was questioned about that and spending money in college. And so I think it comes up in a lot of ways. People who have money stories will put those on you in one way or another. And I think that it is helpful to talk about them. But here, so we're going to get more into this and talk about journaling and affirmations for money. But let's do a little exercise. I want everybody listening to stop for a moment and consider your first money memory. Because this is really telling as to your relationship with money now. See, I know you have a really good money story of childhood, but I don't feel like I have one because I feel like you took them all for me. <laughs> I just stole them from your memory. No, that, yes, that. <laughs> I have a really cool witch skill and it's stealing memories. No, because you, <laughs> you so kindly shielded me from life. I did not shield you from life, I don't think. Maybe I shielded you from money life. Well, yeah, but well, I mean, because you, you remember things that happened in our childhood that I don't remember. Well, I'm the older sibling, so that, right. All right, Anna, I'm really going to challenge you. Pause. Stop, collaborate, and listen. I just was saying that in my head. Okay. What? Close your eyes. Take a deep breath. What is the first thing you can think about with money? Either somebody, like an argument over money or being really excited to have money or wanting to buy something, told, somebody told you no, or somebody said yes, yes, yes. And then somebody else was upset about it. What was your, you got it just the first, it could be as a teenager, if that's as far back as you can think. What is the first thing you can really remember around money? Grandma and grandpa buying us a TV. <laughs> yeah, well, that was one, right? Because our TV, didn't we have to like turn it on? With, with a like, skewer stick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now, Emma and I are not that old. And so we had this TV when my mom, after her second divorce, we had a 13-inch TV, this little tiny TV, and it was busted and you had to stick a skewer stick inside of it to turn it on. See, I kind of remember that. We had that TV for years. And then my grandparents came to stay with us uh one summer and it was like sweltering hot in our apartment we had a 600 square foot apartment that the three of us lived in 
and it was sweltering hot and my grandparent my grandfather was like I can't I can't even see anything on this television <laughs> and he went and bought us an air conditioner a window unit and a tv for our living room I'm gonna say besides that I remember well no, that's a good one though like that that's you remember the fact that we I mean, I don't know. That's what I want you. Like, that's what one wants to remember. But that does have to do with money because, uh, you know, that somebody else had to, somebody else had to step up and rescue right. you, us from that. But TV is a weird thing to be rescued from. But that somebody else had to be like, "What are you doing?" Right. You know, like I'm going to buy a TV. And of course, then TVs weren't as now. I mean, TVs are pretty inexpensive right. for television. Then they were more money. And then it would have been a huge expense that our mother obviously couldn't afford. So we just had like what we had, but at the time, you know, that's a, that's a pretty significant story that, and, um, us wearing hats and gloves <laughs> to, to do our homework because it was so cold in the house. Yeah. We still tell my mom that and she just, gets, she just laughs. She's like, what on earth? And then our neighbor came and gave us that, that clip, that magazine clip. Oh, newspaper clip of Garfield making ice cubes without putting them in the fridge. Oh yeah, because it was so cold. Yeah, and like walking up to John with his ice cube tray yeah. of water, and then it says like ten minutes later, and he's dumping out ice cubes. Yeah, and that was like our only fridge <laughs> decoration yeah. for like years because of how cold we it was. We had electric heat, and again, our mom just <laughs> she's just made enough money really to like pay the rent and make sure there was some food on the table. But aside from that, that any other money either came from help from other people right. or somebody, not from her. But, um, and so, yeah. Okay. So those are your money memories. Poverty are your money memories. <laughs> How does that make you feel? Um, this is therapy hour with Sarah, who's not a therapist. How does this make me feel? How does that make you feel? And how do you think now thinking about it, do you think that this, those money memories are manifesting in your current life? I just realized that my son's fan's broken. It is. That's a dangerous fan. That fan's like super old school. Like, yeah, it's got no cover on it. Well, because is that your off. version of a TV with a skewer stick? No, but those blades are like legit. Yeah. And I'll take a, I'll take a finger off or something. No, it's not your version of a TV with a skewer stick. <laughs> Probably. I should replace my son's fan. <laughs> But have you purchased fans these days? That's funny. They they are. Yeah. Maybe that's what our mom thought when she didn't want to replace the TV. <laughs> that TVs these days are flimsy. Yeah. <laughs> I think. All right. Well, so, as you know, I'm a second guesser over anything. Like I have a really hard time money. I have a really hard time money. I have a really hard time spending money on myself. Yeah, you want somebody else to tell you it's okay. Yes. So I have a hard time buying myself face lotion, even if it's like $20 or if it's $50 or I haven't had a new coat in years. My coat's secondhand. And now because I just had a spawnling, doesn't zip up and I still won't buy myself a new coat. Yeah. And also, <laughs> so what about the part about other, because your memories were really with other people coming to the rescue right so do you see that do you see do you feel like that with money you wait until somebody else is like takes the wheel for you 
Yes and no. I think in my home, like in my home space where it's my home planet, me and my home planet where it's me, the two boys, and we live with my younger brother, that when it comes to like taking trips with us or buying like dinner, like takeout or something or treating our home selves to something, I'm the one that's like, oh, I can make that happen. I'm like the money, like I'm not even a spender, but I'm like the money hero here. Like if somebody doesn't have enough to pay a bill or something, like I am the one, but I think that's a little bit because I am kind of stingy and (laughs) and I just happened to be like, oh, I do, I do. Oh my gosh. It's so bad. I'm a foreigner of money. I'm like, yeah, but what if we need that money? (laughs) I'm always like worst case scenario. That's not a bad Um, thing. No, but then if it comes to like, like Sarah, for instance, like let's go to Florida, which didn't happen anytime soon because pandemics, but I would be like, oh, I don't know if I can afford that. And she'd be like, oh, well, too bad. There's a hotel room at this (laughs) checkpoint for you and you'll be fine. You have enough money for gas and just go. And then I need a little bit of prompting to go. I need somebody to kind of like push me out. So I do see with times though, when there's a money, like a big money choice to be made, Mm -hmm. you tend to wait for somebody else to. Yes. (laughs) Navigate it for, well, like, like the big things, like buying a car, dealing with interest rates, refinancing things. Yeah. Other people need to do that for me. Yeah. Like the big stuff, that's that waiting for somebody else to come in and solve that problem. And but for, I think this is deeper than money because have you heard my phone <laughs> skills when somebody gives me a hard time on the phone? <laughs> I get really mad. <laughs> oh yeah, I, I just can't deal with people. It's true. Well, so your, your first money story can be really indicative of your 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 relationship with money now. And uh, I've shared mine before, but I wanted this bot like a bottle of Sunny D, which right. is such a weird thing. But our mom wouldn't let us have like we didn't have a lot of that. She just wouldn't buy it like. She wouldn't buy us the name brand chemically laden stuff. Which is funny because that's all she buys. <laughs> that's all my... she buys for our kids. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but she would not buy it for us. And uh, and I was at the store with my stepdad and he let me buy it. This big jug of Sunny D. And then he saw the price of it afterwards. And he like, and I was, I, I had to be like eight. And he was like, um, do you know how much this costs? And you got to be aware of money and blah, blah, blah. And then. Uh, I think what that did is it sent me into a tailspin of spending as I got older. I was like, no one's going to tell me what I can and can't buy. I'm going to buy all this stuff. And I found myself in all kinds of credit card debt, which I then, you know, had to pay off. And I, I did, I paid off every penny of it myself. And then I, but I think that it's interesting how things go because now I would say now that I've looked at that relationship and shifted a little bit. Now I would say, oh, you want a $6 thing of juice or you want to buy an $80,000 car? Just some Spanx leggings. Yeah, or some Spanx leggings. <laughs> That's fine. You need to make more money. So how are you going to, how are you going to make more money? Make money, money, make money. Yeah. <laughs> so now like, but that's changed over time. So rather than thinking, oh, I can't. Mm-hmm. And that was through money work that I switched from. There's not enough. There's never going to be enough. And I'm wrong for wanting more to that's amazing that I want that. How am I going to make it happen? Um, and that was an adjustment. 
But in that interim, before I made that adjustment, I really saw that play out like in defiance where I was like, oh yeah, I can't buy what I want to buy. I'm going to buy it. And then I had all kinds of debt from it. All right. So thinking about your first money memory and sort of how that plays out for you. Now, what we're talking about journaling and affirmations and why journaling? I think that journaling is an amazing exercise because if you write something down and then read it back to yourself, you're writing it, you're hearing it, you are seeing it. It's a multi-sensory experience. And with journaling, some things that you can do are write a letter to yourself in that past situation. You can write a letter to your credit card or your bank account. Anna, what would you do if you wrote a letter to your credit card or your bank account? If I wrote a letter to my credit card? Yeah, or your bank account. What would that letter look like? Well, to my credit card, it would probably be like, why are you so confused about my credit score? (laughs) 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 Because my credit cards are sad. For no reason. (laughs) And I always pay them off. So there's that. I would be like, excuse me, sir. Can you get out of your phone? Like, what is is happening here? If there was an emergency, you are no help. (laughs) So then I would write to my bank account, oh, it's so good. You're so stingy because my credit cards are confused. Okay, let's talk about this. Instead of stingy, what else can we say here? Because stingy is like a negative word. Because I'm not stingy. Because so I'm like, hey, let's buy coffee and treats. There's this whole yeah. idea of recalibrating your zero. Ready? So you recalibrate you in your mind a whole lot. Yeah, what zero is. So if you are afraid of having a $0 bank account balance, recalibrate like if you so if you always spend money I said that wrong if you always spend money down to zero you need to recalibrate what your zero is and then never have below that because that's your zero and so the point is though is that amount of money that's in there should be on purpose like it would pay three months of your rent or your mortgage or like whatever all of your whatever your bills are for X amount of time, mm-hmm. that number should be enough to cover those. So if something happens, you have that in there, but that's your new zero. So you don't spend below that. So if your zero is $10,000 or if it's $100, you, once it gets to a hundred, you're not like, I got a hundred bucks, let's get pizza. You're like, oh, I got a hundred bucks, that's zero. Yeah. So recalibrating your zero. Like ten thousand to be my zero. That helped me a lot get out of debt, actually, because I always knew I was I I made my zero one month ahead. So whatever, because I was in grad school, I only made like fifteen. I think I made fifteen forty an hour at the job that I had when I was in grad school. Mm -hmm. And here in Connecticut, even at that time, was not enough money to pay for an apartment and a a twenty grand in credit card debt and cars and getting back and forth to work and school and food and all that. And so I would look at how much it cost me for everything in a month. And uh, I did not let my bank account drop below that. So then like every month I was yeah, basically paying from my last month's pay. And that's how I got out of debt. I do have like a number that I am trying to increase, obviously. Um, well, not obviously to you, but obvious to me, <laughs> as I just gestured to the interwebs. Um, <laughs> to all of you listening and to everybody's listening. Um, 
And it's to me, it's a low number. Like it's not enough. And when my husband sees that balance, he's like, you have so much money. And I'm like, but I don't. And that's the thing. I'm about like, money. that's not enough. When you change the way you think about money. Yeah. It like now, and I'm by no means like a, like a just drop money from the sky, rich beyond belief sort of person. We are, but we are, I paid off all my debt and got really smart with money and good with money. And we are definitely financially comfortable to this point where, you know, if something crazy happened, I wouldn't be like, what are we going to do? You know, I'd be like, okay, wait, I can get another job. There's things I can do, but we have some money. We're going to be okay. And that changed though, also the way I think about money in general. Mm -hmm. So when I see, like, even when I see like $20,000, I'm like, that's not that much money. Like, that's not even a roof on my house. <laughs> you know, the septic goes, that's not going to cover that problem. You know, that's not that much when you think about these things that it could, that you can need it for. So recalibrating that zero, but I think rewriting your money stories is important because there was a time that if even, it wasn't even that like five years ago, if somebody said $20,000 to me, I would be like, you know, did you win the lotto? What are you going to do with all that money? And now I'd be like, put that in the bank because you're going to need it for something. (laughs) Or like, how can you invest it and make more money? How can you turn that cash into something else and double that money in a short period of time and have more? Those are the things I would think now. But that's over time of doing money work and using my, all of my witchery skills for money stuff and, and doing money journaling and money affirmations and rewriting my money story. Uh, and I think that it is for people who are more sensitive and more spiritually inclined. Somebody actually asked me this, um, as a, like a guest speaker thing. She wanted to know how I, as a spiritual business owner, my, like my story around charging and how it is that I like, how you do that, you know, and, um, the pushback that people get, because it's so very common. And I think that people with money and money in general, it's looked at, and this is actually going to be a topic of our our next podcast, but we look at people with money often, I think, and have some negative thoughts, like look at that person, whatever. And, uh, but really when you change the way you think about money and then you are able to have more money, you can then impact the world in such a greater way. Right. I was going to, not that this is like anywhere on the scale of a lot of things, but there was a time that I was doing um, in-person readings mm-hmm. um, more frequently for like events and things. And the last event that I did, um, I remember I was asked to like make my sign and everything. And I was going with another uh, uh, Sisters Enchanted team member. And we were going, we were sitting and we were doing readings, um, not together, but sitting side by side. And they requested that I get my paperwork to them because they were the ones communicating with the, the venue that we were going to. And I got my signs together with my prices together. And then it came back to me saying that all the readers had to have the same price and that it was much lower than the prices that I had for myself. And I was already had committed to going, but I was so upset. And I was like, if I had known this, never would I have ever have said yes. And I'm never going back to that place again, because how, who are they to tell me what my time and readings are worth? Yeah. You know, 
And it was really upsetting because I've always had, Sarah knows that when it comes to me charging people for things, that that's been really hard for me in life. Mm -hmm. Um, And that was a real big eye-opener when somebody told me like, I could not have those prices. I was like, excuse me, but yeah. And it was frustrating because in the whole place, there was other readers and I was there, people were packing up and there were people still waiting for me to read for them. And not that they knew who I was or anything, but I was like, if like I'm at the same price as everybody else and it's supposed to be divvying up the work between like the venue and I had more readings than most people and it was really frustrating because I was like if I made what I would usually make this wouldn't have been so exhausting because reading for people in that capacity when you have a line is exhausting yes yeah and that's what I think you another thing around so journaling let's let's, so journaling you can think about a letter that you would write to your credit card or your bank account excuse me sir you're confused yeah (laughs) <laughs> and then um, you can also uh, talk to yourself about just your the way you see money and you can journal about that and your value of money, the way you value it. Uh, this is something that Anna and I were actually just talking about. And uh, even my husband and I talk about because it seems like I've hired people left and right in the last year. But the thing, and it costs money. And I, you know, it, just because I hire somebody doesn't mean the money's there. Often I hire somebody and the money's not there. But when I hire like help around the house or I hire uh, like I just hired a a new bookkeeper and I just hired like we hired a content person and there's not I'm not doing that because the money's there. I'm doing that because that will free up time that I need to do things Mm -hmm. that will pay those bills. So in the short term, you know, that comes out of out of me, but then in the long term, that's going to be better. And that's how we have to think about. Money is energy. It's energy and it's a it's not finite. It's a replenishable resource. Like your time is finite. Money is not. You're so wise on this podcast and you should see her face. She's okay. Because I'm very serious about you, money. You are. But what's really funny is that Sarah's dressed in like entire winter gear. I, I did not get, I didn't even take my winter coat off. <laughs> she's got a big white fluffy hat with a pom pom on. <laughs> and she's sitting here looking at me. Like, I'm in trouble. <laughs> I know, because I'm really serious about I, it. I know. Well, I know I'm not in trouble. You need yes, to do I your money journaling. See your passion. And you need to recalibrate your zero. And you need to think about money as an energetic thing, not as something beyond you that you can't have. It's replenishable. There is always more money. Always. It's just a matter of getting it which is hard when you got money stories piling up like bricks in front of you. Mm. That's the problem. And then you're like, I can't get a job for all these reasons. I can't do this. I can't hire this person. I can't get a second job. I have no time. I don't have any skills. I would better off to coupon clip. I can't buy this, what people think of me. Or every time I get money, I overspend on it. And I just waste, like I spend too much and then I end up in debt or I can't start my own business because I'm going to fail. Those are all money story bricks. Just one after the other. Right in front of you. And then you got to be like that Kool-Aid man. What's that Kool-Aid guy do? When he busts through the house. He breaks and enters. Yeah, he breaks and enters. And he's like, <laughs> ah. Anyway, that's a, what's that guy's name? 
Kool-Aid man? No, what's that comedian? Oh, Dane Cook. Dane Cook. That's a Dane Cook joke. Yeah, and he's like, I'm doing a beanie. Yeah, and the Kool-Aid guy breaks through. Yeah. Look it up on YouTube. It's really stupid, but it's relevant <laughs> right now. That's what you got to be like to your money stories. You got to do a B&E on your own money stories. Just be like, huzzah! Excelsior! Ninja chat those bricks away. Like, bah, 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 bah. I hope that your sound making comes through clearly. I know, and my coat rustling. Yeah. Okay, affirmations. Affirmations are important, just like journaling, because journaling is multisensory. It helps you absorb in a new way. And affirmations teach your brain a new way of thinking. But you must also walk your new self-talk, which is why we love having our community so that we can do it together here mm-hmm. at the Scissors Enchanted. But you can't just think it. You can't just think, I am a money tree. I'm a money tree. I'm a money tree. Like, because you are not going to turn into a money tree. If you, you think that you are a money, tree, a money tree, then you're the witch I need in my backyard. But if you just think that, <laughs> if you don't actually do anything about it, right. that's not going to help you. So money stresses everybody the freaking F out. Like everybody, I get everybody, I think at some point is like, what's going on with my money? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's definitely not an answer to all your problems, but getting your mind right around those Benjamins is very helpful. So some affirmations for you. Uh, money is a replenishable resource and is infinite. Reminding yourself money is replenishable. It is going to come back to you. It's infinite. I see new ways to grow my wealth every day. I like these better than ones that then money easily comes to me because those feel really hard if money has never easily come to you. Right. And then saying that is going to be like, that's a lie in herself. <sighs> but I see new ways to grow my wealth. Open your eyes to opportunity, possibility. What skill set do you have right now that you could use for three hours on a Saturday to make some cash? Mm-hmm. I see new ways to grow my wealth every day. I see I a million new ways for Anna to grow her wealth. But Anna and Chad, her husband, just... Don't want to listen to me. That's fine. <laughs> I'll just listen to myself. <laughs> Maybe you should write us a money plan. Maybe you should talk to Chad about his money blocks. <laughs> his money memories. Because I'm sitting here now thinking about my life. I know. I'm trying not to overdo because we're on a... We're not plugged in and we're going to lose our battery. We're on a low battery alert. But I'm sitting here thinking about my life. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, did I just come down on you? <laughs> well, yeah. Well, I'm thinking about since this like, like the last one where you told me I called you lumpy about the Spanx, and I did not call, call you lumpy. lumpy. I said that you didn't call me I lumpy. I didn't even say that to you. I know. Yeah, you said I did. No, now, that's not what I meant. <laughs> You're going to hold that against me for the next four years. It's going to come up in some sort of heated conversation down the road where you're going to be like, it's like that time that you said I called you lumpy lumpy, but you're going to be mad. You're going to use it against me. <laughs> Slam a door. Yeah. Um, but, but really though, you have me thinking about my life. And, and that I'm actually thinking about like since I've been a self-sufficient human being <laughs> in life that I've always like even when I was you know 16 and having my first job that I always had like more funds than my friends yeah and even if I wasn't doing anything super duper great you know like as a job I 
was always able to pretty much take care of myself. Mm -hmm. That is good, good sister. And pivot quickly and act with tenacity. (laughs) (laughs) But now we need more abundance. Yeah. Come your way. Because you want to buy a house. Yeah, and making phone calls about that is just, that stresses me out. It gives me money hives, money sweats. Oh, I've got a couple more affirmations for you. So I've got, I trust myself to have money in my account because a lot of people don't. You spend it and you're like, why would I get more? Mm -hmm. I trust myself to have money in my account. That's that recalibrating your zero. I feel so refreshed after my weekly money check-in. Listen, I do a daily money check-in. I know where all my dollars are at all times, all the times. That's because I'm a business owner. I do So not. I have to know where all my dollars are at all the time. I do not check out my money. <laughs> As a business owner, you must always know where all your dollars are. Yeah, nope. I always know where all my dollars are. And it actually like straightens my day out. If I haven't checked, I feel all awry. So I do love me a weekly money check-in. Yeah. Nope. <laughs> you need to do one of those. I don't but that's do an those. affirmation. I feel so refreshed after my weekly money check-in. My weekly money check-in is my favorite date with myself. I have coffee while I what do mine. What is wrong with me? <laughs> Nothing. I know. I'm wearing my winter coat inside and talking about money. Everything's fine. I know. <laughs> you came over. We were all eating lunch in another room. <laughs> and you sat in a whole other room and ate by yourself. <laughs> Was that your weekly money date with yourself? No, we're going to lose our battery. <laughs> I see new ways to grow my wealth every day. And money is a replenishable resource and is infinite. Say those to yourselves, people. We'll put them in the show notes. I thought you were just asking me to repeat them all back to you. No. <laughs> all right. We do got to end though, because our battery's going to die. We are not prepared. All right. Well, I want you to do your journaling, your affirmations, and be sure to check out the show notes because that will run our blog, because that's where you're going to find uh, these tidbits for you to remember. So you don't have to memorize them right now. All right. Thank you, Anna. Thanks, Sarah. Thank you so much for listening into this episode of the Magic on the Inside podcast. If you are interested at all in growing your wealth through your own business, be sure to check out our free class coming up at thesistersenchanted.com forward slash free biz. And we will work on upping your money, which game for sure. And in the meantime, go to thesistersenchanted.com forward slash blog for these show notes. I hope to see you in that free class. Until next time, I hope that you have an enchanted rest of your day ahead.